Hello and welcome to Wangaratta Baptist Church. My name is Pastor Aaron. I'm so thrilled that you've decided to join with us today for this message. This message was recorded live at one of our Sunday morning services, which are on every Sunday at 10 a.m. right here in Wangaratta. If you're here uh, in town on a Sunday, then why not come along and join with us in fellowship with other believers as we open the word together and hear from the scriptures. But if you are connecting with us online, don't let this replace uh, coming to a, a local church. Uh, they are vitally important for the growth of all believers. And so get along to your local church. But if not, then, then at least help. let this be a supplement to help you in your walk with the Lord. And so we do believe that the, the scriptures are the inerrant word of God and they're here to train us and equip us. And so we will be speaking and opening up the scriptures together. So, so get your Bibles out and follow along. And I trust that this message that you are watching today will really encourage you and inspire you and help you understand the hope that we do have in Jesus Christ. May it be a blessing to you. I'm not sure about you, but I've felt like we've been pretty well battered over the last couple of months. Anyone else feel like that? I'm sure that there's going to be some more battering coming up in 2021. I saw on Facebook this week that someone has done the seven-day trial period of 2021 and does not want to continue and prefer to return it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I'm sure we all sort of feel like that. You know, by the 7th of January, look at what's happening in this world just in this year. And in this uncertainty, in this, in this period of turmoil and upheaval, it can be hard to stay positive and not lose heart. It can be difficult to keep our thoughts in check and in the truth of our position in Christ and our security in Him. It can be so easy to get down, to whinge and moan and, and to lose heart. Now, for some of us, it can be cathartic to have a little moan every now and then. We can feel a little bit better afterwards but it doesn't get us back up to where we really want to be. And so I believe it's time to deploy and employ some biblical advice as how to not lose heart. And so we're going to do that from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. So grab your Bible, follow along with me today, but let's pray and ask God to reveal himself to us through the scriptures today. Heavenly Father, we ask you now that uh, you would speak to us through your word. As we open up these writings of the Apostle Paul, that Lord, the, uh, the teaching there would be just as relevant to us today as it was to the church in Corinth. And that, uh, Lord, we would indeed find encouragement and help for how to not lose heart in these challenging and battering times. So we pray that you would be with us now and speak to us, we pray. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. So whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, it's a pretty good question to ask is what is the therefore, therefore? Yeah. And the therefore, therefore is therefore, is to put it in context, comes straight after Paul explains about believers being ministers of the new covenant. And so having this ministry of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, by the mercy of God, Paul says we, believers, 
do not lose heart. Now that all sounds all fine and good, doesn't it? We do not lose heart. Because we're ministers of the hope of the gospel, by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But your experience and my experience is that is not always true. We do lose heart. So how do we make this statement true for us? How do we make the statement, we do not lose heart, true for you and for me? Well, today there are five things that we can do straight from this passage of Scripture that instruct us how to not lose heart. They can help make this statement from verse 1 true, we do not lose heart. And the first one is this, renounce human strategy. Renounce human strategy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. See, our human nature is a sinful nature. It is tainted. It is broken. It is damaged. And so the first thing that Paul asks us to do when he says do not lose heart is to renounce that human strategy, that sinful part of our lives, that human strategy that is tainted by sin. And he says we've renounced disgraceful. The definition of the word is shockingly unacceptable. That's our sinful nature. That is our human strategy. You know, the dictionary goes on to describe the word as shameful, dishonorable, and disreputable. This is human strategy. He also says it's underhanded. It it acts in, in a deceptive, secret, sly, dishonest, or sneaky way. This is human strategy. It also, human strategy involves cunning, having or showing skill in achieving one's ends by deceit or evasion. This is human strategy, to act dishonestly, to practice fraud, to violate rules deliberately, to be unfaithful. This is human strategy. And human strategy also twists and tampers with God's word. Human strategy seeks to use anything it can to maintain blissful glee in its sinful nature. And one big way to do that is as this passage says, by tampering with God's word. Paul says that we refuse to practice tamping or tamper with God's word. That's how we don't lose heart. But those who practice human strategy, they tamper with it. Countless times I, and no doubt you also, have come across people who selectively ignore parts of God's word to bend it to suit their personal agenda. One of those that I'm sure you've heard, as I have, is that people say, or they ignore the bits of Scripture about God's wrath, so they can believe in a God who is only pure love, and so can say that God must save everyone in the end, regardless of their beliefs or actions, because that's the God of love I know. Have you heard that one? 
They create their own God by twisting his words. Now, the last time I looked it up, when you create your own God, it's called idolatry, right? You twist God's word, you have created an idol. That is not the God of the Bible. That is not the true God when you twist God's word and create your own image of him. Yes, God is a God of love. And he has lovingly provided us with a saviour who will save us from our sins for all of us who repent and believe. That free gift and offer of salvation is available to everyone. That's the demonstration of God's love. But only some will choose it. Only some will accept the gift of love that God provides. Those who do not will be judged and suffer God's wrath. That's what the Bible teaches. And twisting God's word goes right back to the fall. The first person recorded in the Bible to twist God's word was Eve. God gave instruction to Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree in Genesis 2.17. But when Satan is enticing Eve, he asks Eve a question in chapter 3, verse 1. He says, did God actually say you shall not eat any of any tree in the garden? So he starts off by twisting God's word. He knew what God said. He says, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. God never said not to touch it. They could have touched it. He didn't prohibit that. He just said, don't eat of it. Yet Eve tampered with God's word, and it is no surprise that sin is what followed. That is our human strategy at work. But we don't have to use human strategy. We can renounce it. We don't have to employ disgraceful, underhanded and cunning means. We can renounce human strategy. And that's the first step in how to not lose heart. Renounce human strategy. And instead... Stand for integrity as you reveal the truth openly, which is my second point in guiding us in how to not lose heart. Verse 2 continues, But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The open statement of the truth. The open statement of the truth. Gee, it's rare these days, isn't it? It's not something we come across readily today. In the era of fake news and politicised agendas, science being used to push one way and ignored to push another, the open statement of the truth is rare. It really is. And I guess the most blatant and current example we have of that is COVID. 
It seems that political agendas are what is largely driving the government-mandated public health response here in Australia, particularly Victoria, and science is being selectively chosen to support the fearmongers and to deploy this as a means of social engineering. That, that's what appears to be happening. Now, I'm saying that there are good things that our public health system is doing and trying to protect us as well. You know, I'm certain the virus exists. I'm not a denier. I'm certain that some people suffered terribly from the virus, just as some people suffered terribly from colds and flus in bad years too. But is the government seeking the open statement of the truth through this? Or are they selectively choosing what messages supports their agenda? We are to be critical thinkers in our world, not just blindly follow, I believe. One example of this is from uh, 2003 when SARS was a thing. You remember that? Well, businesses seeking to profit off of fear to sell masks were threatened with hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines with the media reporting and citing evidence that masks become useless after 20 minutes. Professor Yvonne Cossart of the Department of Infectious Diseases at the Sydney uh, University of Sydney is quoted by the Sydney Morning Herald on April 27, 2003, saying this, those masks are only effective so long as they are dry. As soon as they become saturated with the moisture in your breath, they stop doing their job and pass on the droplets. And Brett Sutton himself even wrote a paper which concluded that surgical masks were not necessary to be worn by anaesthetists in an operating theatre in 2001 because they were ineffective in contributing to controlling bacteria. That's bacteria, which are far larger particles than a virus. Anyway, um, and this is what I quote from his paper. The evidence for discontinuing the use of surgical face masks would appear to be stronger than the evidence available to support their continued use. My, how things have changed in 19 years and political agendas. So we don't see our government revealing truth openly. We should not be looking to our government to reveal truth openly anyway. Where should we be seeking truth? Where should we be seeking the open truth? There's one way that we can employ to not lose heart as we reveal the truth openly. See, Satan lives in lies. We're in fact told he's the father of them. So we can be victorious over Satan as we reveal the truth openly. But what is the open statement of truth that Paul is referring to here? It's got nothing to do with masks. Because they're not going to save us. Only the gospel is going to save us. And so instead of investing energy in government agendas, fake news and social engineering attempts, we as Christians should invest in revealing the truth openly. And the truth is that we are all sinners in need of a saviour. We have all fallen short of the mark. We are all enemies of God in our sin and need to be reconciled to him. 
The only way that that is going to happen is through the hope and reconciliation that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Revealing the truth openly, however, can be painful. Many people reject the message that they even need a saviour. But that is the truth. To these people, the truth is veiled, as this passage tells us. The gospel is veiled. They just can't see it and are perishing. We all know people just like this. And it saddens our heart. But it should not stop us from continuing to reveal the truth openly. And one way we do this is in our witness and testimony that they be full of integrity, that others may see the truth plainly in us, that we are sinners in need of a saviour, that God has provided that saviour in the person and work of Jesus Christ, and we live to bring glory to God because we're grateful for that saviour. And we live to bring the hope of that same gospel with us and that saviour with us. Revealing the truth openly is the second way that helps us to not lose heart. This naturally brings us to the third way of how not to lose heart, and that is to reach out humbly. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We are his servants and we serve in humility. When we unpack what that humility sort of means for us is that we are grateful for what has been given to us freely. But we also know that so many people are blinded by their spiritual reality blinded to being able to see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. And so yelling and screaming at them is not an appropriate method. (coughs) You don't yell and scream at a blind person for walking in wet concrete, right? You come alongside them before they get to the wet concrete and you offer them a safe path to take. You offer to guide them through the dangers and lead them on the path to righteousness, but they can still choose to ignore us and walk through that wet concrete, can't they? And they will end up with the consequences of their choices, as we all will. But it shouldn't stop us from reaching out humbly, taking people before the danger and guiding them, offering that that guidance. As when we actually reach out, we are fulfilling one purpose that God has for us, to bring him glory and to bring the hope of the gospel with us. This will help us not lose heart when we reach out humbly with the hope of the gospel. The fourth way of how not to lose heart is to revel in Christ continually. Verse 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God has shone in our hearts. He has given us the light 
of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He has taken us from darkness to glorious light. So how could we lose heart if we revel in Christ continually? Well, when we forget what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, of course we could lose heart. But listen to this passage. Listen to what God has done for us. It says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, that is, the God of the universe who has created and sustains all things, who created light from darkness, that God has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God has shone in our hearts. He has taken us from the darkness of sin into the glorious light as he has given us knowledge of his glory displayed in the personal work of Jesus Christ. Revel in Christ continually. My last point today, how not to lose heart, is this. Recognise your identity. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are frail, temporary vessels, easily broken and shattered. If this was not the case, we might think we are more than what we really are. We might begin to boast in ourselves and our power rather than in God and his power and might. This last point of how not to lose heart is a point that grounds us. Recognise your identity. This is just a tent. A good-looking tent, I must say. Larger than some, smaller than others. But it's there to help remind us that this is just a temporary house. Our mere mortal bodies help us remind of this fact. We are not gods. We are in need of a saviour that will take this temporary house and all of its flaws and replace it with a new body that will last for all eternity. That's the great hope that we have looked forward to at Christ's return. A new heaven and a new earth and a new body that can thrive in the presence of the glory of God and worship him to eternity and beyond. That is our future. But here in our present, we are holders of that treasure of the hope of the gospel in the frail, temporary vessels that are easily broken and shattered so that we may recognise our identity as we know that the power belongs to God and not to us. So, how can you not lose heart in an uncertain and challenging world? Renounce human strategy. Reveal the truth openly. Reach out humbly. Revel in Christ continually and recognise your identity. Let me pray. Almighty God, we indeed are reminded today of our identity. 
that yes, this treasure that you have given us, we store in these jars of clay that are so easily broken. And so, Lord, we are reminded almost daily of our need for a saviour. But Lord, we look forward to that great and certain hope of a future where we get a new body to enjoy a new heaven and a new earth in eternity with you. Until then, though, Lord, when it comes challenges that that present and, and we are faced with almost daily, Lord, may we not lose heart as we renounce human strategy, as we reveal the truth openly, as we reach out humbly, and as we revel in Christ continually. Lord, may that glorious light that you have shone out of darkness reach deep into our, our hearts and our souls and our minds and our very fabric of our being. And Lord, may you help us bring that light with us wherever we go. That Lord, we will be beacons of hope and light in our community. We pray this in the name of the mighty Jesus who has saved us. Amen.